so here we go. So today we have uh, Vidjo in the uh, in the podcast. Welcome, Vidjo. Good morning, Serge. Thanks for uh, having me here. Good All right, man. Looking forward to talk to you because uh, you joined us what about two years ago now, I think. Exactly uh, two years back. And, uh, exactly. Yeah, two years yeah, back. When exactly two years back. Congratulations. That's when we started the whole journey of bringing analytics into operations, right? So in our finance operation, commercial, people operations, we were exploring and said, now let's see how can we bring real advanced analytics into that operation. And we, we basically brought you in and uh, man, amazing journey, I think, in the last two years. So it would be great if we can talk about that a little bit today, right? Kind of demystify analytics. What is analytics? What is it not? And how did you get into, into analytics? So let's start at the beginning, man. Just give us a little bit of background, what you studied. Uh, did you start in analytics from day one? Are you a mathematician or give us a little bit of your background? Yeah, definitely, definitely, Serge. So yeah, so uh, no surprises. I'm, a, I'm also an engineer, you know, <laughs> in India, okay. you find a person who's not an engineer. So when I, when I finished my graduation, I had only two choices. If you are really intelligent, you can become, uh, you know, become you can become a doctor. For that, you need to be like super intelligent, like you know, the best. Yeah. In, 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 in so if you are okay, okay, you can become an engineer. That was the situation, like <laughs> you know, sixteen okay, years. Now you disappointed. Now you've disappointed eighty percent of our listeners here. Uh, we're all engineers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in my time, if you are really intelligent, you go for uh, for medical, or if you're, if you're okay. No, you're pretty okay, you go for engineering. So I also went for engineering because somebody told me that, you know, engineering is a great career choice. I went for mechanical engineering because somebody said mechanical is evergreen. So I did my mechanical engineering. Mm -hmm. Then after mechanical engineering, I always wanted to go outside of India for studies. It was my, my childhood dream of, uh, you know, going somewhere out, uh, out of India and, and, and studying. So I was, I was uh, for a year, I, I didn't do any work, to be honest. I was just preparing for my GMAT, GRE, TOEFL, all of that, and I started uh, writing all the exams for for uh, for admissions. So I got a lot of ad admissions in good schools in in US, uh, in Canada, in Australia. The challenge was even with scholarship, right? It, I was finding it too difficult for me to afford for my parents to afford that because yeah. even if you get fifty percent scholarship or a sixty percent scholarship, right, you still require like thirty forty thousand dollars to uh, to come out of uh, your your graduation, right? In a, in a good school, yeah. I'm talking about a, a good that's, college. In, in the US that's a cheap or, one. That's yeah, a that's achievable. Right? Yeah. <laughs> after, after getting 60-70% scholarship, still it is a lot of So I, yeah. that, that was not something my parents could afford. So that's when I, I was talking to somebody and my cousin was in, was in Belgium. Yeah. So uh, he said, why don't you apply in Belgium? And honestly, Belgium was not in, a, in my scheme of things at all, right? For us at that time, yeah. right? The only European country I would know is UK. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, UK and you know, India and yeah. UK are pretty close. So we know UK a lot, but otherwise Belgium doesn't really come in our scheme of things at all. And then he said, man, I studied in, in a university called Leuven. It's a QS 100 university. In fact, it's the best 60th university in the world. And they have a scholarship program. Why don't you apply for that? And uh, I applied for it. And, and I applied for something called MIM, Masters in Industrial Management. So the thought process was, if I do an MBA, uh, it will be too general because everybody, everybody will have an MBA. But if I do an MBA in engineering, that will be a niche space because uh, the prerequisite yeah. for that course was you need to be an engineer uh, to, be, to, be, to take up that road, to take up that course. Either you have to be mechanical or industrial engineer to take up that course. 
So I applied for MIM, Masters in Industrial Management. Very luckily, I got a scholarship, and I, I went to and I went to uh, Belgium for my studies. Yeah. So I was there for like 18 months uh, because my graduation was only, only less than two years. Uh, did my graduation from KLUN, and uh, at that time, my ambition was to go to uh, to Dubai because. For in India, especially for my, the people from my state, right, uh, from Kerala, everybody's ambition is to go to Dubai. Yeah, and I was trying for a visiting visa. It didn't work out. Then again, somebody came uh, from nowhere and he said, "Man, why don't you go to UK?" I was like, "Man, it sounds very easy." But how would I go? To and it's, it sounds like some religious story where the, you have several <laughs> epiphanies, right? Somebody appears, exactly. and says, go to Belgium, go to UK. <laughs> yeah. So, so in, in my life, I always had some godsend people who always uh, helped me from nowhere. Some of them I didn't even know. So one day, one day, because I used to work in a pub in, in Belgium in, in 18 months, I, I was working in, in different pubs in, in, Bel in Belgium. I'm, I'm a pretty good in my, as a barman, I'm pretty good. I, I worked 18 months uh, more than that as a barman. So in a bar, I met somebody and he said, you know, he said, why don't you go to UK? I was like, man, how can I go to UK? <laughs> He's like, yeah. he said, man, no, there is a visa called working holiday maker visa, which is meant for uh, guys who are from Commonwealth and 27 years, less than 27 years of age. And next day itself, I went to Brussels and just asked for a visa and he, she gave me a visa. The consulate gave me a visa, even without asking questions. So I got a two-year visa in, 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 in UK. Moved to UK uh, the, the very next week because I had done with my graduation. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah, in a week's time, I was in the UK. I took a bus because I couldn't afford a flight. I took a Euro, yeah. Euro rails or something, some bus was there. It was pretty yeah, cheap. 50. Like a train connection in a tunnel, no? Yeah, 50 yeah. euros or something. So I got a bus yeah. and then I got to UK. Again, went back to my original uh, profession, which is a uh, bar, barman. I was a barman in London. I, I got a job in a, in, a, in, a, in a very famous club called Tiger Tiger. I worked for there for two months because I didn't have enough money to stay in London and, and do it right and, and apply for a job. So I wanted something to meet my expenses. So I first got a job as a barman in, 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 in Tiger Tiger, which is a very famous uh, club in uh, Trafalgar Square, very famous actually. Uh, then uh, two months I stayed there, then started applying for, uh, and I, I made my first CV, started applying for jobs and all of that. And uh, my first job happened to be with Tesco. My first interview in my life happened to be with uh, oh. Tesco. Uh, at that time, I didn't know what Tesco was. I didn't know that it was such a big company. It's the third biggest retailer in the world. I, I had the designation was purchasing analyst because my graduation, I had a lot of studies in procurement, supply chain. And I thought it's a great thing if I get it. I applied and uh, uh, I got it. I got that role. Uh, again, I turned lucky uh, because normally always they will ask for a, you know, a background in experience and all of that. Yeah. The, the director at that time, he was like, man, you got a degree and you have a master's degree and you're still working in a pub. What are you doing? You should do something, <laughs> you should do something meaningful in your life. And that's what it is. So this is okay. I, I got that job long story short. I, my ambition was to become a buyer because if you, if you are a purchasing analyst, right? Normally purchasing analyst means you learn something in purchasing, then you can grow as a buyer. So I started going for a graduation, for rather a certification in buying. There was a, a registered body in the UK to become a buyer. So I spent like a lot of money and registered to that organization to become a buyer. But uh, no, I think now, thinking now it's a good thing, but there was nothing about purchasing in that role. That role was all about Excel, VBA, SQL, access, building dashboards, yeah. giving insights and all of that, right? And somebody said, man, you're an analytics now. I said, man, so happy. 
you know uh, <laughs> i made it <laughs> i made it to analytics <laughs> so i said man it's great because my designation is also an analyst because there was no fancy designations like uh, data scientist at that point in time i said man great finally i became an analyst which is really great so i i told everybody that i'm an analyst now i'm in, i'm a data analyst doing analytics so there was a data summit there analytics summit in tesco and i i was chosen from my department to represent the uh, the team because i was the only analyst the only person who was close to analytics was me so they sent yeah. me to that uh, session there again i met uh, another person in my life another another guy in my life uh, in, in 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 my professional life who again got sent uh, he was yeah. heading the analytics practice for the engineering division of tesco yeah he was a phd in operations research Uh, very senior guy, 50, 55-year-old guy, 51st guy, um, uh, very knowledgeable guy, and I happened to be talking to him in 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 that session, and he asked me what am I doing? And I said I very probably said I'm doing I'm I'm doing analytics for uh, procure for uh, procurement is what I said. Then he's like very very interesting. What are you doing in procurement? And then I said I talked about talked about how I'm building dashboards and insights and all of that. And he said, man, that's really great. Uh, you know, analytics always starts with visualization. basic visibility of what happened uh, in the past and learning from the past and all of that then he said if you are ambitious there is there is another side, side of analytics which is more than visualization he said man there is something called data science uh, there is a tool called saas because at that time there was no python or r or anything the only tool was saas and he said man there is something called statistics you know uh, yeah. machine learning all of that he said if you are interested i can mentor you and and that's nobody says that right proactively he said man if you are interested i can even mentor you uh, in 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 that space so i actually started spending a lot of time with um, him uh, you know i started he gave me a lot of course content material all of that i started doing that learning that saas for example i started spending a lot of time every every week i spent like 3 4 hours with him uh, and he was very right. accommodative and uh, in 6 months time there was a role in the engineering division as a data analyst which is the current world data scientist role data science and and i uh, and i got that role he, he gave me that role i didn't uh, get that role he just got me that role in, in under him yeah. reporting into him as a data analyst uh, actually doing you know cutting edge analytics on the behavior of all the equipments in the business because think about tesco they got 6000 stores worldwide yeah. and they don't want a situation where the equipment fails and they fixes it because for a retailer customer experience is everything they want a world where they know when an equipment is going to fix and they will proactively fix it even before it it fails and that was an interesting space and uh, that's how my career started in 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 data science uh, so All right, man. Just one question on that, because if you look back, you had those three epiphanies, three people who kind of appear, but it doesn't really happen like that, right? So, may, is is there something that you do that you do differently? Why somehow you end up meeting those people or you end up getting those insights? I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of people have worked in a bar, but never ever got into a conversation with somebody about a visa to UK and then the day after leave. to the okay or go to a a conference as a very junior person and then meet like a guru in that domain field who says man come over here I'll mentor you there must be something that you do that other people are not doing yeah i think i think uh, honestly i'm i'm an extrovert by by nature uh, you know if if you put me in a room for uh, one day i'll die <laughs> without being able to talk to somebody that's like kind of person i am so what what i always do right i always do is like i try to connect with people Uh, you know, from different fields, right? I, I don't really shy away from talking to someone. I always believe that you know uh, people are always 
you know, basically we are all good people, and if there's an opportunity, we all want to help somebody, right? We are not, uh, we don't shy away, right? In our own world, if somebody comes to and help ask for help, we don't shy away from helping them. So why, what I always did is like I, for example, the, the last person, the the PhD guru in Tesco, normally such a junior like guy like me would never make a, uh, you know, t- task of talking to him straight away in a, in a conference when a lot of people wants to talk to him, right? But I felt, man, yeah. I, I should definitely get connected to this guy because everybody said he's, he's, he's the biggest knowledgeable yeah. guy, the best guy in, in the business, right? I think I always, what I do is I don't shy away from uh, making a conversation and it has really helped in, 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 in many places in my life. So I think it's a basic trait that I'm an extrovert by nature. So that really helped me in making yeah, it makes it easier to go and approach somebody than, than maybe somebody who's a bit more introvert and would not... Exactly. There to go exactly. out there at the beginning. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't right. get, I don't get scared by, you know, initiating, initiating a talk with anyone. So. All right, good. So, uh, and then you end up in, uh, in analytics, right? So, but you ended up into analytics uh, at a pretty early stage in your career, right? In yeah, fact, because, because if yeah. if you look, if you look now, I think analytics really is becoming bigger and bigger every every day, every year, right? Every company is is going into analytics as they say a lot of consulting companies are providing analytic solutions everybody wants to be in that space um do you think it is a space that you need to be in from you know kind of day one in in your career or do you think you can still get into analytics when you're 30 35 and maybe have done your career let's say 10 years in procurement and now i want to switch to analytics do you think that's easy would you have any tips I would say search that analytics is the most democratic space yeah, that you will ever find because it doesn't ask for your background. It doesn't ask for your uh, degree. For You asked a question whether I'm a mathematician. Uh, I'm not at all a mathematician. Yeah? Uh, I was pretty bad at my, in, in all the subjects, math, math was something which I, which I, which I fled badly. Uh, so if you think about data science itself, no search, like, we actually, uh, you know, started the, de- the the space of data science. Uh, the maturity started coming in the last ten years only. If you think about it, the new tools, right? Because earlier, if you thought about it, the processing was expensive, the, the storage was expensive, the tools were expensive. The only tool that was available was SaaS, and SaaS certification was very expensive. Training was very expensive. If you fast forward to, to 2020. It's very easy now, right? Because uh, you know, uh, it there are trainings available everywhere. You don't need to spend a single penny on trainings because the best learnings are available open source. On, on starting with YouTube, YouTube I feel is the best teacher. It's visual. You don't. Uh, it's very easy to for you to learn. But the only thing I would say, sir, is that you need a lot of uh, dedication to this this space. Because think about like if you if you are learning a management subject, right? If you learn that topic, you can say that I know it. But in data science, by learning a concept, it doesn't mean anything to you because the art of doing data science, you have to learn by solving problem statements. There is no shortcut in being a master in, in, in data science, whether it's, whether it's, uh, whether it's uh, in Python as a coder, yeah, right, to try to optimize coding, to understand the frameworks in, in different areas like a regression or a classification or a clustering or time series or a deep learning you need to solve problem statements and learn. So the only, only thing I would say is that data science is a space that anybody can get into. Your background, your degree, or whether you're a mathematician, because five years back, 
we thought that only economists and uh, you know statisticians can be data scientists, right? Now, oh. fast forward to again 2020, anybody can become a data scientist, right? And, and but, but isn't that also because the, the is that also not because the tools evolved? Probably because I remember exactly. when exactly. I did a, like a Six Sigma Green Belt, for example, like 10 years ago, you would start working in uh, what was the tool called at the time? Um, oh man, I know that. Minitab. Minitab. Minitab, right? You go into Minitab and it has all these functions, but in the end, you need to know exactly how to organize the data. You need to organize the data, then you need to pick the right, you know, kind of algorithm or the, the function that you want to apply. So you really need to know what you're doing, right? And you need to understand each of the tests that you want to apply, which one to apply, how, normalize the data. So there is quite a lot of technicalities. Yeah. in there and i think tools have evolved to an extent where now we don't need to have all that mathematical background yeah because if it, if it and, and that happens with most of the skilled areas right for example bi 10 years back that was the highest paid profession because if you know micro strategy micro strategy program or you are like you know you, you, you it's hard to find a micro strategy program 10 years back but now with, no. with the Tableau and Power BI and ClickView, anybody can, no. anybody can start doing it, right? Data science, I'm not saying that we already reached that maturity curve, but we are getting there. For example, the languages, right? Compared to a SaaS, a Python is much more easy for anybody to pick up. It's not, uh, you don't need to be a hardcore coder to pick up Python, for example, yeah? Mm. The concepts, for example, the frameworks, for example, it's all available. You don't need to really build a framework. All the frameworks are available open source, yeah? The only thing is you not you should know the art of using them properly, and I always say that the 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 way you gauge a, a, a professional right in data science is not whether he can use hundred algorithms, but does he know to use the right algorithm and move a model from sixty percent to ninety percent accuracy by doing feature engineering by identifying the right data uh, variables, and that's where somebody's skills really comes out. It's not that I know hundred hundred uh, you know, techniques doesn't really mean much in analytics. So answer to your question, Serge, I would say it's an area that anybody can get into any space. There are a lot of companies now, right, Serge? They don't even take interviews, like technical interviews. All they do is they will give a use case. You need to solve it. And if you solve it, you got the job. Yeah. Okay. And, and the only interview that they do is to ensure that you are a cultural fit for the company. But otherwise, technical okay. interviews are just in a use case that you need to solve. So I would say it's a very democratic space that anybody can aspire to get in, but you need to really dedicate your time. Uh, it's not yeah. like a management subject where you learn a book and you learn it. It doesn't work in the no, that's it. Really, You have really, to apply basically, right? You, you have, have to apply. apply, 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 apply and learn. That's the only way to learn. So how, how would you, how, imagine that today I'm in procurement, I'm in whatever, I'm in marketing and I want to get into, into analytics. Great, I can go to YouTube, I can figure out, start following some, some courses there. Probably. How would I start applying? Do you think it's possible for yourself to, to start applying in your own job or are there any sources out there where you can practice? Definitely. Uh, a very, very great, uh, very good question, to be honest, Serge. Two things, Serge. Okay. First thing is, there is no one role in, in, in any business where you can't apply data science. And we are seeing that in operations everywhere, right, Serge? If you look at our journey two years back and the maturity that we are having now, man, everybody is trying to put uh, science into every process that they do. So 
every role, big or small, you have an opportunity to use your skills in that role. That's first thing. Beyond that search. So we talked about a lot of open source platforms to learn data science techniques. There's a lot of open source platforms where you can get a lot of data sets and problem statements. For example, Kaggle, yeah, UCLA. In Kaggle, for example, if you go, you can solve a lot of problem statements. People are putting newer and newer problem statements. You want to, you want to work on price elasticity. Problems, the data is there. Yeah. You want to work on predictive maintenance. The data is there. You want to work on churn. The data is there. So that's the biggest plus. Sir. Sometimes what people say is like, okay, I learned this, but there's no opportunity for me to explore because there's nobody's giving an opportunity. In data science, nobody can complain about that also because there are enough open source platforms where you can really go and, you know, really use your skill set to solve a problem statement. Yeah. All right. And what makes the best data scientist? Let me, let me talk from, let me talk from our, our perspective search, right? From, from, a, from, a, you know, uh, from AB Inbo perspective rather than a, a different perspective, right? Because there are companies who data, who do data science as their bread and butter, right? For example, all the product companies, yeah. Uh, for them, they build data science products and, and they sell those data science products and that's their uh, business model. If you think about at least operations analytics in, 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 uh, in, uh, in uh, ABI, right? Our scope is to bring value to the business. Yeah, We can do any technique, we can bring any level of complexity, but if you are not bringing value to the business, you lose the game. Because data science is data science analytics, right? Data analytics, it's a cost. It's not a necessity. I always tell to people that, you know, it's always, it's a luxury. It's not an absolute necessity, right? If you think about yeah, ABI yeah. itself, right? ABI became the biggest brewer in the world, not because they had analytics at that point in time, right? So analytics only came into, came into play now. So I always say that uh, analytics is a cost and you really need to substantiate the need for your existence. Because if you're a luxury, should be really able to prove that yeah, this is a luxury that you're going to invest on, but I'm going to give you a return on that, right? So for me, uh, for me, definitely, sir, is somebody's ability to find an opportunity. Yeah. So I always say that you need to be a consultant rather than being a data scientist. Yeah. So normally, typically, if you look at the consultant, a consultant identifies the problem statement, and in 90% of the cases, you'll run away without solving it, right? You'll say, this is a problem statement, and somebody has to fix it. The only difference in, in, in our world is that you should be really good at identifying an, identifying an opportunity yeah, and then fixing it by applying data science. So for me, I always give weightage to the, the former part, which is on how good are you in identifying opportunities or working with, uh, with stakeholders? Because we have one manager for 15 people. A manager cannot mentor everyone and identify opportunities for everybody. right? So for me, the biggest strength is the, the behavioral skill set or the leadership skill set of identifying a problem statement yeah. that makes value for the business and that's easy to solve. And second comes is technical skill set. Technical skill set, you know, it's, it's common for everyone. What, for me at least, what differentiates between an average data scientist and a great data scientist is his or her ability to identify opportunities on her own. Yeah, so you need to be able to talk to, let's say, the business or you know, the, the functions, departments that you're working with to really understand exactly. their problems, right? Yeah. Their data before you're able to, to create that problem statement. Right? Yeah, and, and it becomes pretty challenging uh, search because we are, not, we are not domain experts, right? 
one day i'm talking to b2b another day i'm talking to logistics third day i'm talking to supply chain yeah. <laughs> i'm not an expert in any of these things so it's a domain agnostic yeah. space so you should be really sharp at identifying pain points because i feel that yeah. if it's a pain point it's op- it's out in open if you are trying to find a pain point it's not a pain yeah. point because yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. i would know what is what is the challenge for me right nobody i don't have to really think yeah. for two hours to identify what's the problem with me or with my function right so i always feel that pain points are always there very pronounced it's all about identifying them and fixing it with the data that we have and how do you stay up to date in this field because i have the impression that the field that evolves very quickly right new tools new techniques uh how do you stay up to date so again again serge it's uh, uh sometimes what happens in data science right uh, the fanciest things that we do may not make money for the business for example if i take you know i can do an ocr solution i can do an nlp solution i can do image or video based solutions for the business necessarily doesn't mean that those solutions are going to make big money for the business right for me every problem statement i only look value yeah for me a problem statement becomes fancy not by the technicalities uh, involved in solving that problem statement for me that's the least of concern for me what excites me is the value and sometimes what happens is when you go behind value right uh there will be a lot of projects where it's not heavy on techniques in the sense that it's not really touching cutting edge uh sciences of deep learning nlp yeah ocr all of that we will be working with a lot of structured data and we will be using conventional ml techniques yeah the the the, the proven techniques in you know clustering or in segmentation or in regression or classification or whatever right and that becomes a challenge sometimes for the for the for the generation of kids that we are working or work with right the colleagues that you can work with we are talking about guys who are 21 22 23 for them for their age the most important thing is learning yeah, yeah. for us value is the most important thing but for a professional who is going to grow in that space his main concern is i mean everybody is selfish about their own career and their own learning yeah. for a 22 25 year old guy their concern would be how am i going to g- learn today and now upskill myself right so that's why we need to really strike a balance between the projects that we're going to do and what we're going to do for learnings for example in operations analytics if you take, if you if you take as an example we always create learnings or by doing projects which may not make money for the business so we do 90% of the projects we do just for value and our only north star is money the higher the value we bet on those projects uh, even if that's the simplest of projects to solve i'm more happy because i can solve it fast and make more money for the business but uh, make sure departments makes your team a lot more relevant as well makes make sure right. that you can you can yeah. grow your team you can yeah. prove your relevance yeah. yeah but 10 to 20% of the time we focus on doing use cases again taking use cases from kaggle from ucla and putting yeah. internal uh, hackathons within the team just for the learning because okay. for a data scientist if you don't give him learning and if you give everything else he won't stay because uh, especially in the okay. first 10 years of your career if what everybody aspires to do is learn so we need to create that uh, that that uh, that space especially in our space because everything that yeah. we do won't be fancy enough for a for a data scientist to feel happy about what he's doing so you do kind of a exploit explorer type of 
Exactly. Same, right? It's exactly. 80-90% of the team you work on just driving the value, make sure you use the right tools, even if they're not the yeah. fanciest ones. Uh, yeah. Get the value out, prove the relevance of the of the team and of analytics. And then 10-20% yeah. of the time, make sure that you stay in touch with the latest technologies exactly. and apply on, let's say, more use cases that might not be relevant yet for the business, but just to keep the learning going. Yeah. Exactly. Because, you know, Serge, I always say this to my, my, my managers, uh, for a data science uh, area, right? There are only three things. There is no real mantra in uh, secret about managing a data science team. There are only three things that you should be careful about. First and foremost, learning. Yeah. You have the best of everything for him, but the learning is not there. He or she won't no. stay. Second thing is the culture. You have the greatest learning, greatest career path, everything, but the culture in the team is toxic. Yeah, no. they're, gonna, they're gonna stay. Because you are looking at professionals with, who are spoiled for choices. The people with a lot of choices no. in their life. They, don't, they are no. not dependent on one space for their, their, their career, right? You're looking at a crowd no. with a lot of opportunities, a lot of options in their life. So second thing is the, the, the respect, the culture that we build in our team. Third, obviously, is, is the reward and uh, career growth. That, that's that's growth, yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah. these three are the areas that we need to be really careful when you are building a data science practice. Your learning, culture, and reward. What really excites me is the maturity in data science that we bought in operations in the last two years. You can literally see that on the flow. The, 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 yeah. the discussions that we're having with the business, with the, with, the, with the stakeholders in the team, the leads, right? The leads have completely you know, embraced that thought process. Yeah. Uh, when we talked two years back, it was up to the director's level that, you know, we managed to get to that yeah. thought process. Right? Now, if you go to the flows, the leads are leading. Them. Yeah. For example, if you take um, P2P, for example, right? O2C, for example, the leads are leading them. They are actually saying, man, Vijo, let's do this. So it has become, uh, it has become a yeah. point of, it has, we have reached a point where we don't have to tell them how to do it, how to identify. They themselves are thinking, man, this is a problem statement. I believe there is data. There is something that we can do, right? So beyond money search, what I'm really proud of is that culture that we bought in operations, uh, in, in value creation, how to create value using data science, right? That's a, that's a theme that I'm most passionate about. Great. Good. Vijo, thanks a lot, man. I think great session, interesting learnings uh, about analytics, about your career. So thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me here. I'm hoping that uh, in our conversation would help at least few uh, those who are hearing to this. Uh, great, great, great talking to you, sir, as always. Thank you for listening to us. We'll meet again soon with more interesting stories and insights that will make you think, I wish my boss told me that. Cheers. Cheers.